0: Watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at-bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.
1: let go to the Harbor One hotline. Lance Irline's with us. Lance, NFL.com. Lance, down in Houston, how you doing? How's everything going? Happy I'm New Year. Yeah, happy New Year, guys. Oh, man, we're so glad you're on. I'm Rob Bradford, along with Mike Cadlick, Lance? Beat writer for the WI.com, for the Patriots. I don't know if you know this. Uh, the Patriots don't, uh, don't have Bill Belichick anymore. And so there's <laughs> yeah. a million, Lance, there's a million different ways that we can go with this. But one of the reasons we want to have you on is because you know so much about the draft, not only the draft coming up, but the draft, drafts that we've already had. So the first question uh-huh. that I have, Lance, is from your view, of how the patriots have drafted. And yes, Chad Ryland was probably not a good pick in the 4th round. But from your view, what is your perspective of how they have gone about things in recent years?
2: Yeah, I'm glad you're asking me the question because it's something that I've I've had conversations with <clears throat> with NFL people over the years. We've discussed this and you know, there's been a general generally there has been and you guys, you know, know this better than anybody. We've gone through a metamorphosis of of, of Bill Belichick the genius to Bill Belichick the fearless you know drafter to Bill Belichick doesn't care if he has to cut somebody after one year or two years if he drafts them in the second round to Bill this team is starting to you know be too heavily focused on Tom Brady to literally the you know you, you just understand once you study these things like I do and it's been going on for a while Bill Belichick's hurting a team with the way that he drafted philosophically I think and I think the idea that you were always, you had no idea what direction the the, the Patriots were, were going to go. It was kitschy and fun for a while, but then it got to be where it was certain the team uh, because it was just too far out of left field. And I think, you know, I think it's, it's like Logan Mankins. I remember that being a great, it was a great pick. Bill Belichick, you studied what Bill Belichick did, and it was always going to be, you're going to draft an inside linebacker potentially in the first, you'll draft, Offensive linemen, defensive linemen. I mean, that's how the game was won. Bill Belichick was ahead of the game in that regard. Always did a really good job with secondary drafts and understanding that. But I think somewhere along the line, he, he you know, the Landon Roberts and, and, and Bentley's, you know, the 250 pound bangers in the middle. That's not how football's played now. You get Dietrich Wise and the long limbed, kind of heavy footed edge rushers who are more power based than they are. You know, skill and Ben. You look at Nick Saban. Nick used to be that model at Alabama, but Nick changed, and he started getting, you know, he started really putting more of an emphasis on speed because he saw that's where his game was going. And I think it's an interesting. I think looking at how Nick Saban built and then started changing the way he recruited at Alabama is an interesting context because I don't think Bill Belichick did the same thing. I think he he got too stuck in the way that he did things. And then the bottom line was the evaluations just weren't good enough. I mean, the first three rounds, I think not having a good feel for the value of some players is is one thing, but ultimately not evaluating properly was just a killer for the Patriots. You just can't do that. So, so yeah, I, I think Belichick and, and the way that it went down um, with the Patriots, you can point directly to a complete, a complete failing in the uh, evaluation side and the personnel side from the draft. So
3: you look at that, then, and we're joined here by Lance Erlein, NFL Network draft analyst. Um, Belichick seemingly now the scapegoat. Um, not only they move on from him as head coach because he was running the personnel department. So now it, right. it are, it's looking like Dave uh, Matt Groh and uh, Elliot Wolf are now going to essentially head up this personnel department, and they the final say will turn to them. That's the reporting over the last couple of days. Are the crafts right. already making a mistake here in not doing an external search for a general manager and trying to find this, you know, new age approach to their front office, or do you think getting rid of Belichick as the final say man is going to be, you know, good enough here for uh, for the future they're drafting?
2: I think it might be good enough. I mean, look, I, I'm in Houston and we watched a disaster of Bill of, of Bill O'Brien trying to run the Bill Belichick model here, where he he basically usurped the entire power and was an abject disaster as a personal man I had no idea what he was doing I think the first thing you need to do is let the GMs be the GM and the head coach be the head coach and and obviously D'Amico Ryans has been an incredible head coach and, and helped turn everything around here in Houston of course you got the quarterback you needed but Nick Casario has gone from being on the hot seat with some of his drafts to you know looking like the potential uh uh, you know, GM uh, Executive of the Year. I think there's a really good chance he could win that award. Not just with the draft, which you know, frankly, are not the hardest thing in the world to draft two and three and, and come out on top. But Tank Dell and some of the other moves he's made have been very good. But they have a, there is a, a clear separation between the head coach and the general manager. I think Elliot Wolf is somebody who I like a lot. I think Elliot is extremely sharp. I've spoken with him in the past. Obviously, Ron Wolf's son. He's he's gone through the He's gone through the Green Bay way, but he also has learned a lot from Belichick. But he doesn't think just necessarily the same as as Bill Belichick. So i I would I still would look outside the organization. Um, I think Elliott is okay being you know looking at him as an outside the organization guy because of where he spent most of his years in Green Bay. I think that helps uh, having Gerard Mayo in place. You know, it feels like an extension of the Patriot way. Which I don't know. You guys tell me is that a good thing? Are you are you okay with, with an extension of the Patriot way, or do you want to kind of hit reset on that whole 20-plus year profit? Well,
1: I think, Lance, it's, it, it, for me it comes back to it's not even the most important thing. The most important thing is who's picking the players and what, however yeah, that happens. It, it, because, as you know, the talent level on this team, especially in terms of impactful talent, is, is so low right now. Um, so I mean, that would be my answer. Similar,
3: similar to Lance, you're thinking on the the general manager position. I think that it would have made sense to you know look outside the building for a, a head coach hire. But I'm also comfortable with Mayo because he's been here, and while he will you know sort of have his his own spin on the Patriot way, he does have an, a new age approach of looking at it. He he played the game like you mentioned, Ryan's did, so he can relate to the players a little bit more. So I I don't hate yeah. it, but I'm with Rob where I think the the, the main the main problem here is is personnel.
2: Well, you know, there's too much genius, you know. I think the, the I think it looked like Bill was just too was, you know, it, it it just clearly there wasn't enough voices and inputs that were being taken because the drafts were so out of left field so many times and and I do think right now from a personnel standpoint, you're right. It is atrocious watching this this offense. I mean, they have nothing. They just they don't have guys that are explosive. The team speed is bad never been good at wide receiver that's always been a challenge obviously um and after Gronk you know the tight end position has been I won't even say hit or miss it's been somewhat disappointing with the way that it's been drafted you know you go out there in the free agent market and try to tighten it up that way but there's a lot of work to be done from an explosive from an explosive standpoint I think you know but I also think playing the games that you play with running backs over the years I don't think it's a good idea I think if you're going to be a bell cow team, then find your bell cow and stick with them. And this should not be a rotating, you know, where three guys are fighting for carries and you never know what's going to happen. I don't think that's a good idea. Rondre Stevenson is a talented runner. I think I think they've had some runners that you could have really locked down, locked into, and and taken, you know, and become a better running team. Frankly, and, and taken more pressure off your quarterback, but. The quarterback's not in place there. This is a year where you have some pretty decent quarterbacks. I'll tell you the guy that I watched yesterday and wrote up that I was really impressed with was Bo Nix. And I'll just tell you straight up, I you know, I saw him at Auburn and thought he stunk. And I've just kind of been biased against him, but I, I never like watching tape mm-hmm. until the end of the year so I can avoid a bias. I know he had a great year. I watched, you know, college football, but when I dug in on the tape, I was really impressed with what Bo Nix did. And I know that Jaden Daniels is going to be the hot name everyone likes, and maybe Michael Penix. Um, of course, you have Caleb May. And, I mean, Caleb Williams and Drake May are the two names that, you know, have been kind of default at the top. But they didn't play good football this year. Those two guys didn't play their best football. And and I saw a guy with physical tools who played his best football in Bo Nix. So I think it's a, going to be a pretty good quarterback year from a choice standpoint. If you're the Patriots, you can't afford uh you can't afford to get this one wrong and and you know from a personnel standpoint, it is a concern because you're getting close to the point where you just start you start clearing contracts off the books and just hitting reset. Maybe you're there now I know fans don't want to do it, but you can come back quicker from it than people think.
1: is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port Chicago, Illinois. Well, Lance Erline, Harbor One Hotline with us. And Lance, the last thing I'll just ask you is along those lines what you're just talking about. Lance Erline is the the GM of the Patriots. You have final say. Uh-huh. And and the and we were just talking it's about, about time. this. about I've
2: been waiting for this. Uh, yeah, well,
1: uh, be, be careful what you wish for, my friend. Um, <laughs> but uh, I, I, we were talking about this, is that we we've oh, seen examples God. of teams trading down in that position, and especially where you have so little talent, you need to replenish. It makes a lot of sense. Yet, at the same time, the quarterback's the most important position. If you really have this opportunity to find that guy here, then maybe that's the route you go. For you – and it seems like I, I, I'm trending toward knowing the here After your Bo Nix analysis, for you at that number three pick, what are you doing?
2: Well, so I am uh, number one. I have not written up Caleb and Drake May yet, so I got to get through all their tape. And I'm going to I'm going to lean heavily heavily on what I saw last year. I'm just telling you, knowing what I know about the Patriots roster, um, I'm trading out of the picks. I got to get more picks. I've got to I've got to get faster. I need more impactful linebackers. My rush has to get home more. I need some guys from an offensive line standpoint that that I think can play in in tandem and play in unison. And then we're going to go find some speed on offense. I mean, we need to upgrade the roster into a modern-day roster. And I think that's the only way you're going to be able to do that is with draft picks. So um, I do think that you can make swift changes and swift improvements. But I don't think the third pick of the draft is going to fix anything. I, I need more picks because that roster is, as you guys know, it's a problem. So, yeah, I'm I'm probably moving out of that roster spot, I'm moving out of that draft spot if the, uh, if the trade is good enough. But that doesn't mean I'm not still looking at, you know, I don't want to trade all the way back to, to 12 or 13. I still want to stay inside the top seven or eight picks.
1: And so right now, like you said, you haven't written up Caleb Williams or, or, Drake may, Right, but right now sort of the second tier, say that, say that those two, you don't, you don't want to prioritize those. You want to draft down right now, Bo Nix would be, you would be okay with saying Bo yeah. Nix, you're our guy, you're our quarterback of the future.
2: Yeah, much better than, yeah, I would much better than JJ McCarthy. Um, Michael Penix has too many injury issues Jaden Daniels, you know I've still got to take a closer look at him, but yeah, Bo Nix from a size standpoint, arm talent standpoint, he's tough. He's shown um, he's shown a lot of improvement. He takes care of the ball in the red zone. Twenty-seven touchdowns, no interceptions in the red zone this year. It's forty to three or forty-seven to three over the last two years. Yeah, I think I, I would I would be okay with trading back and then taking a look at a, a Bo Nix. But this is why it's so important to have good evaluators because once you know the board well. And then once you get a feel outside the building, and this is where Elliot Wolf's going to help, I don't think Bill Belichick cared what was being said outside the building. I know he doesn't. Well, you need to know what's said outside the building so that you know where guys are going to go so you have a better idea of how to finesse the draft so you get the guys in places that make the most sense. You can't just fire away at your own board and not care what everyone else is doing. You need to have an idea of where players are going to go so that you can craft a draft strategy. And I think this idea of being oblivious to the rest of the league and you don't care because we're going to do what we do, I mean, that's, that's fine in theory, but you do need to have an understanding of what other teams may do because it allows you to play the game. And playing the game on draft day is important.
1: Oh, I am so glad you said that. But I mean, what, what you just what you just talking about? That's ex- oh, it, it's so important and, and so spot on when it comes to what really has killed this this team.
3: Lance, quickly before we let you go, I just want to I, I want one more thought on um, the top of the draft board because we mentioned Patriots have the third pick. You look at Caleb Caleb Williams and uh, Drake May at one and two. If those guys aren't available, right. I know you, still, you, you said you still have to dig in on those guys. But you mentioned speed yeah. at the wide receiver position. You know, getting a top tier pass catcher for whoever the quarterback is. Would you look at Marvin yeah. Harrison Jr. at number three, or would you trade back to get more assets?
2: No, I would. I would absolutely take a look at him. I think okay. he's a, a game breaker. But I'll, I'll be honest with you. I mean, Malik Nabors from LSU is a terrific yeah. talent as well. Really, really talented. You get him at a discount, maybe not much of a discount. I think he's a top ten pick. Roma Dunze is from Washington, is another really good wide receiver who's also a ball winner. He's very, very physical, which is something I really um, like. And he's not a, you know, he's not a Nikhil Harry guy. He's a guy that can actually create some separation. But, yeah, Harrison's got a chance to be, I think he's got a chance to be pretty special. I'd look at it, but to be honest with you, I think it's a great question because one wide receiver isn't going to change your fortunes. And that's, I would consider it, but that's the, that's the thing is you want another quarterback to get hot so that you can move back if possible. And listen, somebody may really covet um, offensive tackle at three. They may covet Marvin Harrison at three. And this is going to be a very good edge rush draft as well in the first round. So um, I, while I like Marvin Harrison a lot, while I'd absolutely consider the pick, I just think you know, you're know, you not a receiver away. You're, you're building up the infrastructure away. And that takes picks. It's not fun for fans to hear, but it's also a lot more fun being in the playoffs than it is not being in the playoffs.
1: Lance, thanks so much, man. something I, you I, guys know too much about over the no, last no, year. No, no. Listen, you're, you're, you're scratching. All of it, you're scratching right where we itch. We appreciate <laughs> it. And Lance, I hope you're having a great new year. And uh, we look forward to all your coverage at NFL.com, NFL Network, all of it. So keep up the good work, and we thanks, appreciate Lance. you joining us. Thanks, Lance. You got it. Thanks, guys. All right. The great Lancer Lane.